thinning out. Uh, okay. How's it going? Good. Great. Good. Good. Yep. You seem to have a uh, great respect for Mike Zimmer. Yeah, was absolutely. There, was there a point in his career, because he didn't become a head coach until 2014, was there a point in his career where you felt he began to establish himself as one of the best coaches in the league? Um, yeah. I mean, I heard a lot of great things about him when he was in Dallas, and obviously when he was in Cincinnati, he did a great job there. So, yeah. I have a lot of respect for Mike. I think he does a tremendous job. His teams are always fundamentally sound. He's got great schemes. They always play good defense, good situational football, tackle well, defeat blocks, run force, pass defense, red area, third down, two minute, you name it. They're always good. They're good in Cincinnati. Is it surprising to you when a coach of that caliber doesn't become a head coach still much later in their career? Yeah, I don't know. I don't make those decisions. You have to talk to the people that, that do that. I don't I don't hire coaches. You have to talk to them. I don't know what they're looking for. Coach, how prevalent and just kind of explain the process, if you, if you could, of taking information you get from the players on the field to, you know, maybe making in-game adjustments or play calls or something like that based off of what they're seeing? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, the players have a better look at, uh, in from where they see it, they have a better look at some things than we do, certainly in line play and things like that. Um, so sometimes they can give insight into what's going on out there. Uh, sometimes we're not sure. We ask them. Sometimes we're sure they confirm it. Um, and we go from there. Billy, you were, you were talking, I think, on WEI last week, maybe, about giving feedback to players and sort of the effectiveness <clears throat> of doing it maybe in front of the team versus doing it individually um, and the value in each method. Uh, so I guess how do you decide you know, which players to meet one-on-one -on -one with and and I guess, could you explain sort of the value in giving feedback in both settings? Uh, well, I think when you're talking to 11 people, they all need to understand what the play is, what the concept is, and who's doing what. If there's a breakdown on it, then they need to understand what that is. Um, otherwise, they might think they did something wrong, and maybe they didn't. Maybe it was another area that needs to be fixed. So. Or maybe two guys or three guys all need to do something a little bit differently for it to work. And maybe it's not just one guy that can fix the problem. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's anybody's fault. Sometimes there's a mistake. Sometimes it's we need to coach it better. We need to identify and explain it better. There's always uh, opportunities to sit down with players individually and just talk specifically about what they're doing that doesn't really relate to anybody else. It's just about whatever it is we want to talk to about them. I imagine you've had a lot of one-on-ones with Tom, um, and I know teachers sometimes find that they learn a lot from their students. Do you find that that's been the case with you and Tom? Or? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tom's got great understanding and vision for the game. He sees a lot of things. I've learned a lot from him. I mean, I've learned a lot from, you know, say probably every player I've coached. You know, that what they see, how they learn, what they do, um, are things that I've been able to take from that I've learned from what players do and try to teach it to another player and help him get better. So, yeah, I mean, I learn every day. You mentioned last week, um, I'm not sure what, 885 on retake. You mentioned Brandon Chain 
being in Auburn. How did you guys go about evaluating him, sort of finding him when he sort of had these, I guess, um, limited roles in, in college? They're eleven that he started. Scott O'Brien. I mean, it's Scott O'Brien, Joe Judge. It's those four words that would sum it all up right there. They found him. Player coming in like that, an undrafted guy. What has he done to just allow himself to sort of, you know, have developed into the special team where he is at fourth year? Well, he played the kicking game at all, right? Yeah, again, we're not that concerned with what everybody does somewhere else. We are concerned about it, what their contribution is to our team, how they can help our team, what their role is, and that that determines what their value is. So, whether a guy has or hasn't done whatever it was he did or didn't do uh, somewhere else. It's not really as important as what he does when he gets here, what kind of role he can establish, and how he can help the team. So that's we give guys opportunity to do that as we evaluate them. We sometimes move or change what they're doing to try to give them better opportunity, what we think will be the better fit for them um, on our team, or give them more versatility to create more value for themselves, and then let them go do it and coach them, and they work hard at it to get better, and then we keep going. So, there's no set formula. He's leading the team in special teams tackles issues. How much growth have you seen from him in, in that area now in his fourth year in the league? Well, he's, ver he's a versatile player. Um, he's a tough matchup um, guy for our opponents, and he's a good matchup guy for us. He can handle speed. He can handle size. Um, and he can play inside. He can play outside. He can play the perimeter positions. He can play the inside positions. You know, on punts and kickoffs, kickoff returns and punt returns. So, um, you know, he's he's done all those things. Sometimes we put him in the probably the position that's best for him. Sometimes uh, he does what we need because we have uh, depth and the position that maybe he's been working in, but he has more versatility than somebody else. He's got a great attitude. He works hard. He understands what he's doing in the complementary positions. So, uh, a lot of times when he moves, he's able to help the person who took his spot. Um, with what they're doing because that's where he played. So um, you know, he's, he's got a lot of versatility and, and uh, you know, the matchup of size, speed, aggressiveness, and instincts to, to be very good in the kicking game. So that's Dan. Bill, if you've um, um, been coaching a long time, if you appreciate it. Just keep reminding me of that every Friday. <laughs> like, we got it. We got it. Uh, do you appreciate these opportunities now more, um, you know, the late in the season to be in the thick of things, eight and three to be competing and have a chance to go to the playoffs and when you did when you were younger, just seeing how hard it is to get to this point? Yeah, it's, in all honesty, I've, I've tried to appreciate every game I've coached in this league, whether it was an assistant coach, a head coach, first game of the year, last game of the year. Um, Really, it's an honor to be in this league. Uh, it's hard to be in this league. It's hard to stay in this league. Um, it's a production league, and if you're not productive, then somebody else will be somebody else will be doing your job. We all know that, and we sign up for it. Whether you're a player, coach, whatever your role, assistant coach, head coach, coordinator, it doesn't matter. It's a production league, so um, I'm thankful for the opportunity we have this week, and you know, let's try to do the best I can with it. Worry about next week, next week. So J.C. Jackson hasn't started a game yet this year, so it seems like he's usually been the game midway through. How has he responded to those situations of, of being maybe thrust into a game? 
Yeah, we, we play players in different rotations throughout practice, and so it's uh, who starts, who finishes, who plays in the middle. It's the most important thing is when you get an opportunity to play to go in there and be productive and help the team. So that's, you know, we, we don't necessarily know how that's going to go. They don't know how it's going to go. We don't know how the games are going to go. Um, but if everybody's ready, whenever they get the opportunity, then they go in there and, and you know, do what they're prepared to do. So whether that's him or anybody else. So, I mean, we don't really even focus on that. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's important to some people. probably is, but it's, it's not really very high on our list. I mean, honestly, the most important thing is who's in there at the end of the game, not who's in there at the beginning. Two interceptions last season. I guess really those ball skills in the shows in practice every day as well. Good ball skills. Yes. Yeah, sure. You saw it in training camp. He had his hands on a lot of balls in training camp. Intercepted balls. He's got, got good ball skills. Good instincts. Impressed with his feistiness for a rookie. The Chicago game comes back. He had a couple of penalties, tough penalties, maybe they should have been called, maybe they shouldn't, but then he comes back and makes a big interception. He seems to put a bad play behind him quickly, which is, you know, seems to be a good trade for obviously a cornerback. It's a great trade for a cornerback. <laughs> it's a good trade for every player, but that's definitely a cornerback. Yeah. Um, he's a very competitive player. Again, he's shown that since the beginning of training camp, um, all the way back in the spring actually, you know, as a as an undrafted free agent. So, you know, he came in here with without a lot of uh you know, fanfare or you know outside expectations just came in and has worked hard every day it's been durable dependable and he's gotten better every day he takes coaching he works hard at what he needs to do to get better and he does it and he improves so yeah he's been competitive all the way through you sign players in the draft free agent rather than just using the traffic on them are there certain traits that you might ignore that you might not ignore if that was a player that you spent a draft pick on uh, no, I don't think so. I think you're still looking for the same thing. I mean, you know, again, we get into the sixth, seventh round. There's, you know, probably 20 players, call it, I don't know, whatever the number is, 15, 20 players that are up there that uh, you could probably make a case for any of them. Some of it's draft strategy. Uh, like if we don't draft this player, we know he's not going to be available as a free agent. Uh, or maybe he is. we know he is going to be available as a free agent if we don't draft him and we feel like we have a shot at him. Um, maybe it's the need or some other set of circumstances. Um, not saying that those are all interchangeable, but I, I think on our board, like a lot of other draft boards at that point, um, you, there are another number of different ways that you could go. And, and a lot of times those players have similar, let's call it grades on them. You know, certainly there's a reason why you take one guy ahead of another. Uh, there's good reasons for that, but uh, in the end, a lot of those players, um, I would say, have similar grades, and their opportunities are relatively similar. There's people ahead of them, uh, and if they can outperform those people, then they do. And if they can't, then next year somebody else comes in there and gets that opportunity. So whether you take a quarterback in the sixth round or a quarterback who's going to be a wide receiver in the seventh round or whatever round Edelman was in or did guys like that, you just – some of those you, you draft, some of them you, you get at, at the other end. You know, the Jacob Hollisters, the uh, Malcolm Butlers, the J.C. Jacksons. You know, we've had those guys every year. Sometimes you take guys, you know, Nate Ebner, Joe Cardona, Matt Slater. You, you guys get drafted. Those. Brandon King doesn't get drafted, you know. 
that's you know, the, but that that I would say those level of players, college level, not pro level, when you're when you're putting a grade on them, a lot of those players have a have a similar grade, sixth, seventh round free agent. So when you get to free agency, if you have a guy that has the same grade as a guy you drafted in the sixth round, and you try to get him and it's not that surprising when he comes in and is as competitive, sometimes more competitive than than the player you drafted because you had him graded the same. Again, for whatever reasons, you took one guy ahead of another, but in the end, um, they're, we value their, their ability similar, and then obviously as they play, then that then those grades are, are no longer valid. What's valid is what the performance is. If a player will or won't be available, as a player. Um, yeah, again, there's a lot of circumstances, and sometimes you just you just go with what what the information you have is, what your instinct is, and we have a lot of experience in this. Um, some guys, you know, are going to get drafted based on the amount of activity or. Um, other uh, wherever you turn there's a lot of places to get information from however you get that information doesn't mean you're right it's just you got to go with what you go with so sometimes you you go with that sometimes you think you player's not going to get drafted and you have a shot of free agency um, we've been right we've been wrong on that you know at castle we thought he definitely would have gotten drafted or signed with somebody else had we not drafted him even though we didn't really think he was going to get drafted only threw 30 some passes in college but there was enough activity on him, and certainly people knew about him that had been at SC, that were in the league, that um, had shown interest, that you know had a prior relationship with him, which we didn't. Uh, so, as an example, we we drafted him because we didn't think we'd be able to get him as a free agent. When you're evaluating a, a college player, how important is it to know the system that they're operating in? For example, <clears throat> if there's a busted play, you could call your friend Nick Saban and ask him maybe what, what happened on it, whether the player you're evaluating was at fault. Yeah, well, again, there's there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of situations that really fall into that category. But regardless, look, everybody has busted plays. We have them in college. We have them in the NFL. We have them on our team. We have them in training camp. Um, and certainly our, the coaches, the head coach, and all the assistant coaches, we've all had plenty of busted plays too, so. You know, I think in the end, when you take a player, you take a player based on you know where you think he'll be for your to what he can do for your team, and that, that's why we draft him. We draft him to help our team. So again, not all of them work out. It's an imperfect science, but when you take them, you, you have an expectation that the player is going to be able to help your team in some capacity. Obviously, guys in the first round, in the third round, or seventh round. I mean, the expectation levels. Um, a little bit different, but in the end, once they're here, they're here. It doesn't matter how they got here, if they came as free agents or they came in the first round or they came in a fourth round trade or what, it doesn't matter. However they get here, they get here, and then you evaluate them once they're here and see what they could do for your team. So going to the crossover film uh, on the Vikings this year, have you noticed steady improvement from Cousins in his first year in that system? I think he's had a pretty good year. He's had a, had a really productive year in all areas. Um, High completion percentage, um, efficient. He he gets the ball to. I mean, look, there's some guys that are really targeted because they're really good players. But I mean, he gets the ball to all his receivers, gets the ball to his backs, uses the tight ends. Obviously, Rudolph more than uh, you know than Conklin and Morgan, who's been hurt, but you know certainly used them. 
he's used all all of his receivers. I mean, BB's been productive. You know, you know he's missed a couple of games, but uh, you know, Robinson's been productive. I got a lot of him, Treadwell. So those guys are. He he's done a good job of that. Um, and I think uh, they certainly he's gotten the ball out um, and made quick decisions. So you know that's offensive line. That's certainly the timing of the passing game helps the offensive line. We know that does a good job there. I mean, I think he's had a good year. I mean, this is going to be, you know, four highly productive years in a row for him, three in Washington and, and one in Minnesota, where he's going to be, you know, near the top of the league and in a lot of important categories. So it's pretty consistent, you know. I'm sure, probably continue to get better, but it's, it's pretty high level right now. He's a smart guy. He's a tough kid. He's, you know, have a lot of respect for him. It's another guy who's kind of come up, you know, the hard way, earned earned his stripes. Um, nobody's given him anything. He's got to go out there and earn it, and he has. So do you know that the, the Patriots invited a German media team for that game to commentate the game from on side? One of your former players will, will commentate it. In German. In, in German, German? yeah. German. Uh, we've we've heard him we've heard him uh, commentate in German before, so really? I don't know what he's saying, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did that as part of a um, rookie show. He, he imitated me and like gave a like talk to the team. In German, of course. Okay. He wasn't going to say what I was saying in English, but <laughs> he's you know kind of making fun of me and saying what I would say in German. Of course, he's the only one who understood it, but you know it was pretty. It's pretty entertaining. It's one. It's a good rookie skit. Remember all. Try to learn any German for Yeah, I can now. Okay. Great. See you Sunday. Thanks.